Peace and blessings, everybody, and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This episode, we have a special one for you, where we bring to you an MC and a businessman that walks the walk and lives his truth. His name is Louis J. He has a great project out that you may have missed called Divorce, and another one that's out right now. Why Divorce is the title, and what is his purpose? We find out in this episode, but before we do that, First, we must pay the bills. We are brought to you today by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial world. If you're looking to change your credit score or your financial situation, you could go to www.transparentcreditrepair.com. This episode is also partnered with Fatty's Place. For anyone who needs virtual assistance, you can go on Instagram to F-A-D-D-Y-S-P-L-A-C-E for help with your social media and your networking skills. Wildfire Marketing has partnered with us to help all people with products and arts on media promotion and placement. If you want to do more than just share your stuff to people that you know and hope people see it, you could go to Wildfire Marketing to have a plan and to monetize your goods and assets. If you're looking to get in contact with them, you could go to Instagram and hit Firejaws, F-I-R-E-J-A-W-S. And we are also partnered by and with Lex Diamonds Entertainment, LLC, for the gentlemen who love sports, hip-hop, and clothing. Right now, we are here to bring you the best of the hip-hop that the world has not exposed to you. But Heritage Hip Hop is the real estate of not only Jersey Hip Hop, but independent hip hop worldwide. So without further ado, we'll get to the show. And after the interview, I'll come back with my commentary. Most highest blessings, y'all. And here we go. Peace and blessings, everybody. We have a very special interview going on tonight with a great that comes from New Jersey. Please introduce yourself to the people. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Thank you. Oh, this is your main man, Louis J. I'm here. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. So, so dope when I watch it, man. So I'm happy you guys finally hit me. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. And tonight we're also joined by Lex Diamond. What's up, man? What's going on? Diamonds Entertainment, LLC. Check us out. So tonight we have a special guest. We all going to be a collaborative. Uh... Conversation tonight with uh with probably one of New Jersey's biggest up and coming stars for twenty twenty, Louis J. Man, I appreciate you guys. Thank you, man. Once again I'm humble. Alright, so let's get into some of this fun. So Mr Mr. Louis J is on the line and I wanna ask you this question. You're gonna get right. a different interview because I didn't not only listen to divorce, I listened to um it's the season. Oh what? yeah. Right? So most people ask MCs about bars. Instead of bars being your rhymes, let's talk about what the bar is. How do you set the bar, and how do your rhymes reflect the bar that you set? Well, for me, it's mainly about being conscious of what I'm writing. I try to write not just bars, but real-life stories. So some of the stories that I told in divorce, and even I, went, uh, I referenced some issues I was having, like on the streets. So it's about bars for me, but more so about the actual story, it being real and it being relevant. I picked that up 
in one of your one of your your main songs, divorce. Well, most people think about divorce. They're only going to think about the relationship between a man and a woman. But you also related to the uh, relationship between a man and his identity when he goes outside of his home. Can you talk to me about that? Right. You know, um, when you coming up late teens, early twenties, uh, you try still trying to find yourself and grow as a person, and until you find yourself and really grow as a person and know who you are. You know, sometimes it's going to be turmoil, especially coming from the environment that we if you're not on your P's and Q's and if you're not rolling with the right people. So um, you decide to do things that your parents probably wouldn't approve of or, you know, if you had guidance, it would have been easier for you to look past those things. But when you're out here in the streets, it's the wild, wild west, and you're making decisions and you're trying to prove and put on and impress the people, you know what I'm saying? So it's all about growing that growth, be different. Everybody's growth in hip hop seems to be judged differently. For instance, when we look at somebody who has a big machine behind them, we judge them on how many units they sell. When we have somebody who lives the hip hop culture, we wait for them to get their break. So we judge them on how many people have listened to them before they got their deal. You are in the pocket of New Jersey, where New Jersey has a lot of talent, but then you have levels of where that talent is. How do you measure your success as an artist and a businessman in this industry? Well, for me personally, I measure it by how many people come to my shows, how many people purchase tickets, how many people purchase merch. You figure uh, last year I only did like 130,000 streams. Well, then that's cool, 130,000 streams, but it's not as good as me selling um, 150 tickets three times every other month. You get what I'm saying? And at $30 a pop, and then every week I'm selling 50 and 60 NBA shirts. You know what I mean? At $50, it's financially just a totally different thing. And then um, that helps me plateau with uh, my other businesses, like, my barbershops that I that I own, the two barbershops that I own, my three families that I have now I own a podcast station, so and also I own a photography shop. So it just it helps me do other things, the money that I do make from the music. And see, I picked that up in your music because you are one of the few MCs that have cracked the code while other MCs are trying to be a part of the code. This is what I mean. Hip hop is a door. And most people are fighting to get to the door where the most successful artists can actually walk in and out the door at will. And some right. people are rapping just to eat while other people rap because they can. How do you describe yourself? I describe myself as one of them guys that's here doing what he wants to do and actually making them actually thrive and I'm actually making money off my craft. I'm just a little different than most guys. I feel like I understand the business behind it. So if I can do what the what the majors do on a smaller scale, then I'll be fine. So most people only have you have a million followers or two million followers, you usually get one percent to actually buy your merch. I only have fifteen thousand followers, I get five hundred to a thousand people to buy my merch. That means I'm going five to seven percent. So I'm you're actually doing higher margins than the actual guys that are actually on. So I'm able to see 100 to 190 
tax-free dollars. I don't owe no middleman anything, all independently, besides my management outside of the management that I'm with. So I don't. I, it's hard for me to really put myself against other people when I when I think about it. When I just look at myself and you know, I mean, how blessed I am, I'm just happy that I'm able to do these things. That is called the B2C model, which means business to customer model. Us at Heritage Hip Hop, we have a real beef with the middleman, and this is what I mean. If Louis J is doing a show, we want Louis J to get 100% of what he's owned, owed, and, right. and, 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 and has produced. But when we have artists come out and say, yeah, my album's out on Spotify, and we're not dogging anybody like Spotify, Title, or whatever. We're not dogging them at all. But when you say that, are you bigging up your album or you're bigging up the streaming service? And that streaming service cuts. So for you as a businessman and artist, how important is it to you for the fans to be able to touch you and collaborate with you in sales rather than hear about you and then think about you when they stream? That, that's exactly right. I think I feel like as an artist, especially you developing, you got to be tangible. So you got to, and people got to be able to touch you. They got to be able to um, relate to you. And then when they see you, it's a different feel. It gives them more of a personal feel. So now it's easier for them to buy my stuff. It's easier for them to even want to listen and stream my music. But like you said, people more so promoting the actual streaming site than actually promoting actual music. So opposed to me um, not just promoting my all oh, on Apple Music, I'm on Spotify, I'm on Tidal. No, just look at the album on all streaming platforms. I can care less about which one you stream it on. I can care less if you do stream it. Just go to YouTube, buy the product, and support. Support is the lifeline of everyone who was a creative and a creator. When I look at success for most artists, it's who you run with. And you have a very unique, um, you have a very unique feature list on some of your projects. You have Crutch Calhoun, great artist from New Jersey. I'm looking to get him on Heritage Chip Out. So if he hears this, yeah, bro, I'm still looking for you. Arsenal, the rebel, another great artist that's come from New Jersey that's made his name known. And he's in that one pocket when it comes to Jersey. Chad, Chad, was it Chad B? You did a song with? Yeah, Chad B. Chad B. Like I said, these are names that not only have walked that line of being an artist and finding their niche, y'all have done with what a lot of people from the past have not done, and that's successfully collaborate with, with, in game rather than collaborate to, to, to battle. Why is it important? to not only find your pocket, but to collaborate with people who share your vision and can grow with you? Well, I feel like it's important to bring your brand with other brands. Like, you know what I mean, before before we was hearing Pepsi, they were doing uh, small little commercials with Coca-Cola, and then they just used the name Pepsi-Cola and Coca-Cola. You know, they bring new brand with the cola brand. And I was just, when I was thinking about that idea, of that, I'm saying, wow, imagine I brand my brand with a man that got 800,000 more followers than me or 30,000 more followers than me. So the album before um, Divorce, it was an album called Goals. I got features on there from Maino, Surf, um, 
I did records with producers that's already on, and I use those guys' following to help build my following. It's very important. If you don't collaborate with the right people, not just collaborating, but with the right people, then your business is not going to grow. You want it to grow, but you got to uh, collaborate with guys that, that make similar music to you because those fans are potentially turning in. We did an interview with uh, Bumpy Knuckles, Freddie Fox. Um, you may be familiar with his music, and he said that in today's hip-hop climate, a lot of the songs suck because a lot of artists that should not collaborate are collaborating. How do you pick your collaborations to make the ideal song, whether it fit in a pocket where you could take followers? Well, you know, you gotta you gotta ask yourself and be honest with yourself. Do you do you kind of sound like this guy? You gotta be honest with this girl. Do you see yourself, you know, what I mean, in the same realm as this guy? And if you do, then maybe you might have something there. And maybe you might be able to do a record with this guy. So on the top of it, it all starts with honesty. If you're not being honest with yourself, you know, who you collaborate with and who you can, then you're not going to be able to really grow. you got to actually study each individual and see what works for you and what doesn't. Well, at Heritage Hip Hop, we are New Jersey-based, and we believe that New Jersey has a story that's very unspoken for and unwritten that people need to know. And if it wasn't for Lex, Lex Diamonds, on the phone right now, I would have never had heard of your project. So I would like Lex to chime in. Tell us what you love or like about Louis J's music and chime in with some questions of your own. All right. What I really appreciated from Louis J's music was um, one thing I, I really saw and heard from Louis J's, he has a an ability that so many artists are looking for. He may not have achieved the, the, the status that he's going to yet, but you can see it's coming because he has a way, his music, you can still affect and will be accepted by the underground, but at the same time can still hit commercial and mainstream way without him losing his basis now. So I said what happens is with Louis J's music, he still has like a fit a commercial mode but at the same time, still still an underground mode. How do you feel? How do you feel about having that style? And do you feel that you're going to have to? You're, you're appealing more to more and more masses. Do you feel like you're going to have to leave the ground sound or the street sound to start moving more to that commercial appeal? Nah, um, I think that's what makes the music so unique. I think you mix an ingredient just enough and just enough with a little bit of commercial into a little dose of commercial with it makes the audience gravitate even more. I'm me, I'm one of the guys, right? I'm not I wanna grab new fans, new buyers, but I'd rather just focus on the ones that I have and hope hopes that it'll grow with ones that are just like that. So for instance, if if everybody in the in the group chat likes red or blue shirts, I when he, when you talk to your friend about me and you tell him because you know he likes red and blue shirts let them know that I got the red and blue shirts, so that's what they're expecting from me when 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 it comes to me. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. You hear the you hear the set to everybody forget it. Right. So he talked about the theme. One of the themes of the album being loyalty. Let me ask you this: as an artist, how do you express your truth through your music? Because if loyalty is a theme, that must mean you know about disloyal people and building a, a, a trust with somebody. How do you express that, that realness 
into your music. And do you give a message by it, or are you just talking about life experience? You know, it's a little bit of both. I'm giving lessons by it. Some, some of uh, this loyalty I'm hurt by. And then sometimes I show so much loyalty in, in the past that I hurt myself. They didn't necessarily do anything wrong, but I didn't pay attention to the signs ahead of time. Sometimes the business, you'll be too loyal to a fault and then pay attention to the contract and just automatically went off somebody's word. So uh, when I be talking about loyalty and love and, you know, those things, I'm just talking about just life lessons and, you know, how to grow and learn from them things and push forward. A trust is a business term between two entities where they agree in principle to work together toward the common goal. When we talk about trust when it comes to people, it is two people who are supposed to share the same vision and ride to the end until that vision is one. How come right. hip-hop music does not trust the artist and the artists are trusting the industry that they don't know about? You know, it, it, it comes from um, a lot of us, uh, you're talking about the early 90s and the early 2000s, a lot of us coming from poverty. When you come from poverty and uh, you see money in your face, um, you ready to trust anything that's going to make sure you get the money opposed to, you know, long-term goals. Like, it, a lot of times people don't understand. It's more so about when you're not rapping, five to ten years from now, when you're not rapping, you want to own some of your masters and some of your publishing, at least most of, or all of your publishing. And some, a lot of times they are selling and trust, you know, I mean, to quote, unquote, the man, um, and then and, and just doesn't pan out 90% of the time. So most hip-hop rappers is like sports entertainers. They're going to be broke after a matter of years. And now I see the young boys getting the money right now. You know, I mean, the guys are even younger than me, and they're getting the money right now, but they buying the wrong stuff. Some of them are starting to smart enough to learn, but the majority buying silly jewelry. And it's cool to get jewelry, but you got to own things first. Before you can never... Um, Buy a piece of jewelry. You got a piece of jewelry. You got to have um, a property that's bringing you some money. You got to be an asset. I mean, something that's not depreciating. Do you think that? Do you think that the industry tries to keep hip hop youthful because the youth does not understand the rules of the game of life, and that as a man excels, they try to lock him out so he cannot be as financially successful as a young man? That's a fact. A hundred percent. That's 100% what it is. Um, I think that the youth don't know as much. They're still growing and developing, so it's easy to mess with their minds. It's easy to mess with the contract. It's easy to get over. Uh, when a man, he's been through situations already. He's not running after the first dollar. It's not his first, I mean, time at the rodeo. So, like you said, it's much, much, much harder to get over on a man. See, that's called rayabomism. And I don't know if you know the story of Rehoboam, but after Solomon died, he after Solomon died, he told his son to to prepare to run the um the the the, the, the kingdom of Israel. And Rehoboam didn't listen to the elders; he only listened to the youth. And everything that the elders said, he did the opposite, and he ran with the youth. So he made living in the kingdom harder. And in the Bible, we hear about the kingdoms of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. And that's how the kingdom split into two separate things is because through 
Rehoboamism or the youth leading the youth and not giving heed to the elders, the, the nationality of the kingdom was actually split into two and the way was lost. And hip-hop, it seems to be the same way, where people listen to People listen to Jay-Z and say, oh, he old. He kicking that, that knowledge shit. I don't want to hear that no more. I just want to turn up. And there's nothing wrong with both. But it seems like people in the industry will gauge the youth to fight the elder. In your age bracket, you're in the middle. How do you balance yourself so you can turn up, yet be wise, and still teach and be the same artist that collects balance from both ears? You know what it is? I think it's all about approach. You know what I mean? Talking to the youth, um, it's about your approach to the youth. You got to relate on their level. And then when you're talking to guys that you're, that's your age, um, it's only about half their grown or not. Because there's still some guys that, you know what I mean, our age and still in their second childhood don't understand that, you know what I mean? There's nothing left out in the streets, but you got to go get it another way. And when you don't understand that, um, it leads uh, to a downward spiral. So um, between the two, the youth that isn't knowledgeable, but some of them does listen, and to a guy that's in that age that um, feel like he knows it all, you got to try to just balance it as best as possible. There's really no real right answer. No, you just got to try to balance it as much as possible and then try to stay youthful to the youth and, and try to um, be honest with the whole. Hip-hop was always a message of overcoming to the youth. And then the industry induced the money and injected pain within the culture that was already made from pain. I ask you this question as not only an adult, but I ask you as a businessman at this. When it comes to hip-hop, we give the youth what they think they want. When you give them what they need, it is rejected not by them, but by the status quo. I ask you this as an artist and businessman once again. How do you give the need by not sacrificing the want? Uh, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing question. Um, I think, like, but you personally, so your life is a yin and a yang. So when, you, when you're trying to sell a product, right, you got to figure out who the masses are. Who is your target market? You got to satisfy your target market without, without being too cheesy. You get what I'm saying? So how to satisfy, how to satisfy the, the target market is um, provide them for what, what they want, right? You speak to them at their level. Not only that, you have a product that appeals to them. Now, that's how you make money. But now, if you're talking about on a personal level, when I give a speech, every interview, when you hear me, every time I speak, I got to speak a different way. I got to have a different language with me. I got to be responsible, and, and I got to speak like I'm educated for the youth to follow that as well. So, like I said, even still, it's still with balance. But at the same time, I'm not telling you not to make money. I'm not telling you to go to church on Saturday and Sunday, but come out here and sell cigarettes and coke on Monday through Thursday. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you to sell a product that's close to you, that mirrors positivity as possible, 
but still brings them a product that makes money. Because at the end of the day, it's about making money. It's about feeding your family as much as it's about uh, making sure that you get the message the right way. So I just guess it's just like uh, it's a hard, weird balance of business and, and being responsible. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. That's very, that's very interesting. So I ask you this. Who delivered the message to you not to just be an artist, but to take care of your business and be successful that way as well? I'm going to be honest with you, right? I came up um, from an entrepreneurial background. So my mother, um, yeah, she's an addict. She's been an addict since I was a little boy, right? And she also hustled and sold drugs. And then in turn, my father did the same thing. But he did a little different. Was he murdered a couple of people? Was locked up for years. But he also sold drugs through his lifetime. And then, you know, as my teen years, obviously I did the same thing. And the development from that was how do you break a lifetime cycle? Of how do you start being here for your children if you have them? So in time, I tried to flex my. I start seeing people um, selling hamburgers. A guy I knew he was selling drugs first and. Started selling hamburgers, opened up his little, he got a little out of his little truck. He tried to cut stuff out of his truck and, you know, had stuff running out of his truck with a grill. And I, I respect him, like, wow, you just got a grill. And then, you know, a guy, I remember back in the, in the early 2000s, he used to sell a lot of fake sneakers. And the sneaker guy used to come around and Muslim guys to have a conversation with me and just watch him. And he said to me one day, um, yeah, bro, you the same thing you're doing here, you would do in another place with another product. And then I had to look at myself as the product when it comes to music. So I transitioned my thinking. But it took years of me making that transition because uh, from the time age of 14, the age maybe of 24 to 26, I really didn't think I was going to do nothing else but gangbang and, you know, sell drugs, just being honest. You know, and, and, and um, that turned me into... Dealing with the streets turned me into an entrepreneur. Seeing what I've seen, understanding that you got to have supply and demand, something that somebody, everybody wants, and what product can be that? What product can I get for cheap? And that's music. And, you know, I started rapping late. I'm a late boomer. I started rapping, like, as an adult between 18 and 20, I started rapping. So, you know what I'm saying? The journey was a little different for me. Now, see, you said something that was very key, and I want everybody who listens to this interview to really understand that. You said the law of supply and demand and finding out that you're the product. But in life, I found out that the law of supply and demand is bullshit because you can supply it and still move it without it being demanded. Or you can create the demand and limit your supply to make people want it that much more. How did you master, huh, excuse me? No, I'm looking good. Oh, so how did, how did you master that law and principle so that you always found your lane and always can eat instead of being a, a shell-shocked artist that feels only I can eat and nobody else can build? So I always move off this law, right? So I got a, a thing with myself that I learned in the streets that I bring with me everywhere, everything I do, all my businesses. It's called small profit, quick return. So 
you figure I can get a great product. Um, maybe if you go, if you sell it at ten, I might got an eight and a half nine, right? I figure out a way to barter and trade for that product, opposed to spend my actual earned hard cash, and then I sell it for a quarter or half of what the rates what the going rates for. So I do the same thing in my business: small profit, quick return. So usually when I was outside with guys, right? They out there selling ten dollar bottles, right? So what I did was I sold two for fives, maybe a less quantity, the bigger. But the bigger the bottle, almost the same size as it, but it's giving them an illusion. So I'm tricking the people, and then the rest is luck. The demand is luck. You hope people come in, but as long as you have a good track record with anything that you do, is going to grow. So the supply and demand. It's all about strategy. By putting out good music, it's paid off because, like I said, if it wasn't for Lex and his top 10 albums of New Jersey artists in 2019, I wouldn't have known. And through understanding not only your business model and your business principles, I say it has paid off. What is the high mark of the payoff that you count yourself as victorious in this rap game by having an album that was considered top ten and by having these these features that project you to a next level? What is the victory in that? You know what it is. The victory in the, when 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 I'm having this conversation with you and somebody saying, "Wow, you have a great album." I just like to be. I like when you. I honestly just like this when you hear it and you appreciate the music. For me, I, I just won. You just appreciate the music because I'm an artist at heart, right? So the pay is one thing because I see an entrepreneurial spirit and an artistry that brings two different dynamics. I would love when you purchase my product, but for you to tell me that you love the music means more than you actually spending a dime on, on a product or anything that I have. I appreciate it more because because it's, it's honest because no, most people wouldn't have to tell me that. Well, for me personally, I want to meet you in person because one thing about what I learned about life and about hip hop, you can give, you can listen to somebody's music, but when you touch that person's hand or you look them in their eyes and you say thank you, that's when I think they really appreciate and feel your honest opinion and how much you love the music itself. Do you agree? That's a fact. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to come there too. You know what I mean? And didn't do our thing. It obviously didn't work out like you wanted to, but we'd be here now. Yeah, of course. And I mean, but you're doing interviews on 105 and you're going up to these different um, stations, you are not only on your way, but fuck the mainstream niggas. You want heritage hip-hop, and that's what it's all about right now. So That's right. So now I have to hit you before we go. Before we go, see, I'm going to ask you some of the questions I'm, I usually ask in person. But before we do that, why don't you plug yourself and your albums, and we'll, we'll close out on a high note. All right, so right now, make sure you guys go to all streaming platforms. Listen to Divorce, and it's the season. And if you want to double back, go listen to Goals, and go listen to um, 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 God Felt, Greatness Over Death, Mixtape after Mixtape after Mixtape on that pitch. So you can go do that. I appreciate you guys having me. Once again, um, Instagram, PBM underscore Louie, L-O-U-I-E. Same thing, Facebook, same thing on Twitter. All right, so this ain't over yet. See, I'm glad you, you plugged this up. And by the way, 
He told y'all go to the streaming sites, but fuck them streaming sites. Go purchase the music because the streaming sites don't go in the studio. The streaming sites don't pay for studio time. The studio, I mean, the streaming sites don't uh, produce shows. They don't have clothing lines. They don't have barbershops. Listen, support this man by buying his music, and and that turn help you build the foundation of New Jersey hip hop and. It helps feed his family, and that's what it's all about. We don't live out here for free. We all about support. You know what I'm saying? That's a fact. Yo, so here we go. Hold on one second. Oh, Lex is back. Yeah. Right. Let's answer one more thing. Um, PBM, that's your label, right? PBM is the company I'm with. Uh, PBM is the management company I'm with, and now we're developing the label. So now oh. we got a couple guys uh, that we're developing. That's uh, me and my partner. It's on, it's on that label. Yeah, I wanted to talk about any upcoming artists. I, when I saw that, it was under, I assumed it was yours. Um, I want to know, do you have any up-and-coming artists that you're looking you're looking to build out too as well? And uh, how is it being that now, just only being an artist, but now also, also overseeing other artists, how is that going to help in your performing as a businessman? Yeah, so let me answer the first question. Um we got an artist called Action Doc. I don't know if you guys have been seeing him. He's uh, more so the next guy we pushing. Um, we about to do a situation with him for a label. Um, you know, obviously we out here to make money, so you know everybody can't be independent. So we're trying to uh, push him to a label. That's what it, that's one of the things that he want to do as well. So that's one of the next steps, and that's going to catapult everything else into other lanes that we're trying to do. And what was the last question? And how does that affect you as a businessman now knowing that not only you as an artist, but you are responsible for other artists? You know, me personally, I put um, everything in place. Like, so I don't, sometimes I'll be hands-on with some artists when, like, when we hit the studio, but I don't really be hands-on when it comes to their personal business after they sign to my label. So when you sign to my label, I'm going to get you your building stuff right, but I'm not responsible for your management. So I try not to drive... Not, not to dive too personal into it. So on a personal level, it never affects me. On a business level, um, as long as you got your product in the right place, as long as we got your your music where it needs to be, as long as you're on stage doing the shows and we getting paid on the times that we need to get paid, then anything else that you're doing uh, doesn't really affect me. But I try to not to be so personal with the artists because they call attention. Absolutely understandable. All right, Corella, let's hit him with the rapid fire, brother. All right, here we go. Jay, here we go. First question. Who is the artist in hip-hop that influenced you the most? Doesn't have to be a rapper, but anyone in hip-hop culture that changed your life. Um, for sure, for sure, DMX. How so? Um, when I first heard this album, I was just making a transition from the foster home to... Um, uh, I mean, from my house to a foster home, and uh, he had that record slipping. It did something for my soul. It took me someplace different. I felt right. like I was there with him. I understood what he was talking about. That's dope. Cause that's your, that's your truth right there. As an artist, we love to hear the projection of your voice to sound. What's the greatest hip-hop beat of all time? Meaning, if the artist never came out with that beat, it would have been your first single. Oh, man. Um, it's, it's something that just came out recently, right, that I love retardedly. It's that uh, Rick Ross and Drake, Gold Roast, that would have been my first single. 
I love that. Mm. Mm. Okay. You have a lot of songs out and have done a lot of songs with other people. So I ask you this. What would be your dream collabo? Who does the beat and who are the artists on the song with you, dead or alive? Uh, right now, at this time, I love to do something with Meek Mills. Mm. I mean, Tupac, my favorite artist of all time, but I love to do something with Meek Mills or Drake. Those are the two artists that I want to collab with at this point. And who's doing the beat? You say what? Who does the beat? Who's doing the beat? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I might have to get, go get, um, I might have to go get, um, Alchemist or something. Oh, okay. So you like that bass heavy with the, um, with the interiorness of the beat, the eerie sound. Right. I love that joint. Or I might have to go grab me one of them, um, Miami joints, one of the Rick Ross joints. Mm hmm. Okay. Oh, Justice League. Yeah, that shit be sounding crazy. Alright, well, let me ask you a, 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 a trendy question, not to um, throw off the end of the conversation. The rap crew seems to be dead, and the, the need of rap groups shows itself to be very important, because with Griselda coming back, that's a rap crew, yet it's a rap group at the same time, and people are starting to appreciate the sound of togetherness than just a solo artist. If you could be in a crew with your dream artist, who would you rap with? And my dream artist, it'd be probably um, me, a local artist, ADG, right? And probably, mm -hmm. uh, probably right now, I take a little Roddy Rich, let him do all the hooks. Okay, I like that, Roddy Rich. Okay. Yeah, two locals. Are you famous, dude? Are, are Are you a fan of hip hop? Like you study the music? Uh, I guess 70%, 60% I am. No, I, like I said, I started doing hip-hop late. So that's fine. I'm not, like, one of the guys, I'm not one of the guys that's like extra nerdy in hip-hop, but I definitely know some shit. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a nerdy question then, just to, just, for, just to spark the interest since you said it. What is the greatest hip-hop remix of all time? Remix? Remix. That's a good question. Um, shit. I, I like um Reservoir Dogs was in the remix. Um I liked it. I liked it. Um shit. One of them bitty joints. It's probably one of them bitty joints. Uh, <laughs> probably Let me see. It's got I got three things in mind, right? That shit with Lil' Kim, was that a remix or was that the main joint? Lil' Kim Which one, the Benjamins? Yeah. The Benjamins was a remix. The Benjamins was a remix. Yeah. Okay. Probably it. Okay, so the Benjamins. All right. So here's my final question in the interview. And this is the most important question I ask any artist. We have fun with music, and we always want to make a statement. But unfortunately, one day, we're not going to walk this earth forever, and we're going to leave the earth to the people who come behind us. So I ask you, man to man, not only as an artist, but as a businessman as well, what is the legacy that you leave behind that makes the world better because you existed and you did what you did in your life? When I leave this earth, I want my kids. I want you guys to meet my kids and 
see, you see the energy that same energy that I give out to my kids and my kids to grow the world, make the world better, and just be, I mean, true and honest to themselves and develop things outside of just the earnestness of just you know building things, so on and so forth, making money. And that's cool and stuff, and that's and that's great. But I think my only real legacy that I would want to have is for my kids just to grow up and be happy. Just something so simple as that. Right there, just knowing that I grew up, had great kids and they, they got manners and they grew up and they did something with themselves. And you guys knowing that, that right there means the world to me. All right, so once again, everybody out there that's listening, that's Louis J. I am Karev. And my man, Lex Diamonds, is on the line as well. Lex, you got anything you want to say? Now, man, you know, I just want to thank Louis J for being a part of this, man. Uh, we we can't wait to see what's coming up 2020. You know we gave us two albums in two months. So I don't know if we're going to get six albums next year, this year for them. But we're definitely getting, you're definitely getting a couple albums this year. And I appreciate you guys as well. I got some, um, for February 5th, I got some passes for you guys for uh, one of my concerts. I'm going to make sure I have them for you guys. I'm going to get with you guys soon. That's what's I'm up, bro. That's what's I'm up. Yes, and we're back. This is Karev thanking you for listening to this episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast featuring Louis J and with our guest host Lex Diamonds of Diamonds Entertainment LLC. We ask that you please go support Louis J by purchasing his new projects, It's the Season and Divorce, which is available now on all streaming music sites. Once again, this is Karev from Heritage Hip Hop and we ask for your support. Please visit www.heritagehiphop.com to see all we have to offer. You can follow us on all social media platforms at Heritage Hip Hop and especially our YouTube page. If you would like to support and get some apparel, we are relaunching our store at www.storefrontier.com forward slash Heritage Hip Hop. And if you would like to donate and support the movement, you could cash at us at dollar sign K-A-R-E-V. Y-A-H. That's dollar sign Karevya. Thank you for listening and being a participant in this growing hip hop landscape that we celebrate in New Jersey called the Heritage of Hip Hop. Once again, Heritage Hip Hop signing off. This is Karev. We say peace and we out. <laughs>